Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome uh, to the Edge Church Online. My name is Stephen Van Den, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you are joining us from today, we're really glad to have you gathering virtually with us. Uh, if you've been following along with the Edge for the last couple of weeks, then, then you know that that we're doing things a little bit different this summer. Primarily, we have uh, intentionally shortened our teaching time, not because we don't love God's word and, and sharing that with you, but, but primarily for the purpose of, of creating some spaces for you uh, to, to really think about and respond to the message, for you, for you to talk about and, and share uh, with others that you're gathered with. Maybe it's family in your home. Maybe you're at one of our house churches uh, gathered together this morning. And it's just an opportunity for, for you all to, to sort of digest and talk about uh, God's word together. Uh, for those of you who, who are not, maybe you're home alone uh, this morning, you're just watching online, uh, then perhaps this will be an opportunity for you later in the week uh, or sometime later today just to give a, a friend or brother, sister in the Lord a call to digest and talk about uh, this message. Really, our heart's desire and our uh, goal as a church is for us to be a people who don't just consume God's word in the sense that, that we just listen to it, uh, but really for us to be a people who share God's word with one another, a people who encourage one another by God's word, and a people who minister to one another. And so our hope is that, that we can create some spaces for that to happen and for God to use you to minister to somebody else. And so uh, right now we are in a series uh, where we are looking together in God's word at some of the parables that Jesus tells us about the kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of God. Jesus uh, would at times speak to people in parables. A, a parable, if you remember, is just re really a simple story that's used to illustrate uh, a moral and spiritual lesson and truth. And, and so today I want to share with you and talk about the parable uh, of the mustard seed and the yeast. You can find this parable in three of the four Gospels. Uh, we're going to look in the Gospel of Matthew together this morning. Before we do, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to invite God just to speak to us uh, by his word. Father, uh, just come before you this morning in the name of your son, Jesus. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity, uh, Lord, just to be together, to open up your word. Uh, God, I thank you that your word is true. God, that you say that your word is <clears throat> living and active. God, that it accomplishes its purpose. And Father, I just pray that, that, that as we open your word, as we read it together, as we hear your word, God, that you would minister to us by your spirit. God, that you would transform and change us according to your word. God, give us ears to hear you today. Uh, give us hearts that are open to you. God, we just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, uh, you can open it to Matthew chapter 13. We find our parable here in verses 31 through 34. And here's uh, what it says to us. It says, and Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation 
of the world. And so, so here Jesus is, and, and he's with a crowd of people. He's gathered, like some of you are gathered right now, and, and he's teaching them, and he's teaching us about what the kingdom of heaven, what the kingdom of God is like. And, and I don't know about you, but when I think about Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven and what it's like, I, I'm sort of expecting Jesus to compare it to something just absolutely amazing and powerful and majestic. I'm expecting Jesus to say something like, the kingdom of heaven is like a lion, or the kingdom of heaven is like a, a mountain, or the kingdom of heaven is like an army. But instead, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like this little tiny mustard seed. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a mustard seed uh, before, but, but it's an incredibly small seed. It's, it's about the size of a, of a grain of sand or the, the size of like an eyelash. It's, it, you can barely even see it's uh, there. It's, it's so small. And so, so I have to guess at this point, as people are listening to Jesus, that they're either really unimpressed or, or, or they probably think he's even kidding a little bit. Like, ha, funny, you know, Jesus, good one, mustard seed, the kingdom uh, of heaven, because for one, not only is a mustard seed incredibly tiny, but, but, but for two, under Jewish religious law, it was illegal to plant mustard seed in a public garden. It, it was illegal to plant uh, this mustard seed because when, when it grows, it, it grows like, like a vine-like uh, weed that, that spreads and just takes over everything else in the garden. And it grows large too. Uh, it, it, grow, it can grow up to even 12 feet tall. So it just grows and it grows and it produces lots of other seeds uh, so that it literally takes over everything else around it, the flowers, uh, the vegetation, all the other plants in the garden, everything. So, so in reality, once you let this mustard in, all you have left is mustard. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that. After this, then, Jesus brings up another quick story, and he talks about yeast, and he, and he says that, look, the, the, a woman takes this little bit of yeast and, and, and brings it into the flour, into this dough, and, and it works its way through all of it. Again, Jesus is speaking about something that is seemingly invisible, having this ever-increasing, ever-expanding, growing influence and impact. And so, so, so what is it that Jesus is trying to teach us here about the kingdom of God? Well, well, well the big idea here is simply this. Uh, the kingdom of heaven starts small and it grows big. The kingdom of heaven comes humbly, yet it produces incredible fruit, and it cannot be stopped. It, it can't be stopped because it's God's kingdom. It can't be stopped because God said that it would go forth. It, it can't be stopped because God is faithful and he always makes good on his word. The mustard seed here is, is speaking to the external advancement of the kingdom of God everywhere on the earth, while, while the yeast that he's talking about is getting at the internal growth and transformation that the gospel makes in a person's life. So, so just think about how the kingdom of God initially comes to earth through Jesus. You got to remember that up until that time, the Israelites, the people of God had spent uh, pretty much all of but a hundred of the previous 750 years being ruled and occupied and oppressed by other nations. 
And they were waiting for this Messiah, for this promised one of God to come, who they believed was going to be a, a mighty king and bring with him a kingdom that would overthrow Israel's enemies and restore Israel to great power. They, they probably thought about passages like Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, where, where Isaiah the prophet had said hundreds of years before Jesus ever came that, that to us a child will be born and, and a son given and the government will be on his shoulders and it says that the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So, so they're thinking about the Messiah coming and they're thinking the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom of God is going to come big. The, the kingdom of God is just, is just going to come and take over. But, but instead, the kingdom of God comes with Jesus in a small, insignificant town called Bethlehem to an unknown, unwed teenage mother. Not on a, a throne, but in a manger. Not in wealth, but in poverty. Not in glory, but in humility. And, and this confused a lot of people. People had a hard time with this because they were expecting uh, they, they, they weren't expecting Jesus. They were, they were really expecting a, a military king who was going to deal with their oppressors, not a savior king who would die for their sin and deal with their hearts. Jesus would say this in Luke chapter 17, 20 and 21. He says, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within you. God's kingdom is firstly an internal work uh, that produces godly fruit within you and results in godly fruit from you. And Jesus is saying, listen, this kingdom might look small now, but this kingdom is going to spread and it's going to get really big. In fact, the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, 14, uh, Jesus says the gospel of the kingdom is going to be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And we know that it is because scripture tells us in Revelation at the end that, that at the throne room of God, there are people from every tribe and tongue and nation and, and that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And, and this is really meant to, to give us a confidence in the kingdom of God and Jesus, it, it, to give us a confidence so that we don't tie our hope to other kingdoms, that we don't tie ourselves to other kingdoms of this world, to the next election or the stock market and the economy, to some other cause, rather to find our hope and to rest in the kingdom of God because our hope is in a more secure kingdom. Uh, our gospel call is then to proclaim that kingdom, is to be part of that mustard seed growth. The idea of the, the mustard seed also is meant to, to comfort us in, in the sense that, uh, that, that sometimes you're going to feel the smallness of the kingdom. Sometimes wherever you are, you're going to feel like, like, am I the only Christian here? Am I the only person following Jesus? Am I the only one in my family? Am I the only one at my job? Am I the only one in my school? Am I the only one in my neighborhood? So sometimes you feel the smallness of the kingdom, but God's doing a bigger work. Or maybe that it's not that you're the only one and you're alone in that. Maybe it's just that you don't think that you know enough or that you're adequate enough for God's mission. The Apostle Paul spoke to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 when, when he says to us that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the foolish things, even you, e even me, right? God chose e even the simple things to shame the wise, to, to, to speak to 
to uh, the wise. Uh, so in other words, God's saying don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise the little bit that you do know to share. Don't despise that little bit of scripture, that little act of love or of generosity. God's going to use that for greater things. Uh, j just consider for a minute the, the beginning of the church in Christianity. Twelve disciples. And, and, and not not 12 all-star guys, 12, 12 guys who were not really the best and the brightest and the most desired according to the standards of their culture. And, and yet Jesus chose them to follow him and he commissioned them with his gospel that would bring about godly transformation and change throughout the whole world. What, what this tells us also is that, that, listen, no matter who you are, no matter how small you feel, no matter how insignificant, no matter what you feel like you know or don't know, that if you'll follow Jesus, God will use you. God will use your life to impact the world. Uh, according to the book of Acts, the early church began with just 120 people in an upper room praying and seeking the Lord. And it says that they went out empowered by the Holy Spirit, sowing gospel throughout Jerusalem and beyond. And the kingdom of God grew as each person shared Jesus and their testimony with others. How is it that the gospel of the kingdom advances and grows throughout the world? Well, it happens one conversation and one invitation at a time. Small seeds being sown in every garden, in every place that God has you at home, at work, at school, in, in your hobbies, in your neighborhood, on social media, everywhere. And, and from that 12 that became that 120, as it stands now today, there are some two and a half billion Christians around the world. The, the kingdom of God starts small, but it continues to expand and grow as faithful followers of Jesus sow gospel seeds. Now, now, finally, this is how the kingdom of God is also meant to work in each of our lives personally. Uh, beginning with a simple act of surrender to God and, and receiving his love and grace and putting our trust in Jesus, finished work on the cross for our sin. And then by his spirit, as we surrender ourselves daily to him, we become more and more mature and complete, as the scriptures tell us. So, so, so God meets us wherever we are, only God doesn't leave us or keep us or, or, or intend for us to stay where we are. We are meant to grow. The kingdom of God is meant to infect every single part of us. Just like that yeast, the kingdom of heaven is meant to get worked into every area of your life until every single part of you, all of your heart and soul and mind and strength, all your motives, your intentions, your thoughts, your emotions, your words and your actions, all of them, uh, until all of them are aligned to King Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God in your life personally is, is what it looks like when King Jesus has his way all the time. And so if you think about it, like, like what would your relationships look like if Jesus had his way all the time? What would your, your marriage and family look like? What would your finances look like if Jesus had his way? What would your conversations be like if Jesus had his way? What would your social media look like if Jesus had his way? What would you do with your time if Jesus had his way, your gifts, your talents? Yeast in, in scripture always represents the overwhelming influence of something. 
It, it's an overwhelming, it, it has profound influence. It, it works its way through everything else. And, and, and sadly, the reality is that for, for many professing Christians, that, that, that we're more informed and, and influenced and infected by the culture than we are by the kingdom. We'll, we'll spend more time consuming social media than scripture and wonder why kingdom fruit isn't being produced in us and through us. We have to remember that the kingdom and the culture are not the same. And the reality is that, that, that the people we follow and the things that we consume are the things that are shaping and directing us. And so in order for us to be conformed by the kingdom and not the culture, then it's going to take time for us in God's word, in God's presence, and amongst God's people. I, I, I love uh, Charles Spurgeon. He's one of my, my favorite um, preachers from the 1800s. And he said this, he said that, that the Bible that's falling apart often belongs to the person whose life is not. I, I, I just, I love that quote because the idea here, again, is that, that when we consume and are rooted in and conformed by God's word, and by, by who God is and what he says, that then we find ourselves better able to not be overcome by all the various trials and temptations and schemes of the devil that come against us. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Do you know what yeast does to bread? It, it makes it better, okay? It, it makes it more full. I don't know if you've ever had unleavened bread before, but it's, it's flat and it's honestly pretty gross. It's not that good, okay? But, but the kingdom of God is like yeast where when it's sown into our lives and given that place of influence, it produces growth. It fills your life with the fruit of God's truth and his character and his spirit. It makes you better. It makes you more like Jesus. We, we so often tend to believe a lie that, that convinces us to withhold certain parts of our life from God. We think that, that if I surrender my time or my career or my relationships or my finances or my sexuality or my future or whatever it might be, that, that somehow my life is going to be less. Somehow I'm going to be more miserable. It's going to be more boring, whatever it might be. But Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like this yeast, this kingdom of heaven, which that's the rule and reign of God, that, that when that is applied to your life, it makes everything better. It, it makes your life more full. Not, better not being necessarily easier, better being better, more filled with the fruit of God, more full of God's purpose for your life, that, that you become more complete and who God had made you to be and what he meant for you to do. So, so, so here's the invitation and exhortation of Jesus to us today. Really simply, I'll close with this. That, that, that here's what Jesus is saying. Listen, be a people who, who allow the kingdom of heaven to have its way in and through you. Like, like one, recognize that, that God's on the move and God's working and God's, God's gonna do his thing. God, God is going to move throughout the world. God is gonna do that. The gospel's gonna go out. So, so part, part of what I love about that too is that um, that as it pertains to our partnership with God and his gospel work, God doesn't need us to do that. God desires for us to partner with him because he wants to be with us in it. He could do it all by himself. He invites us into that though. And, and so Jesus is saying, listen, like allow the kingdom of heaven to have its way in and through you. Be someone who gives yourself to the internal work of allowing the yeast of the God's kingdom, uh, of the gospel to influence and infect every area of your life that you might be transformed and changed and give yourself 
to the external work of sowing gospel mustard seeds wherever God has placed you as an ambassador of King Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. This parable is deep. It's wide. There's a lot in this. There's so much that we could try to dig at, but I want to just stop there because I want to create some room for you just to think about uh, this parable and how it pertains and relates to your life. And I want to give you an opportunity for those of you who are gathered together just to share together. So a few questions. Um, these are going to be up for you, but three big questions. I'm going to give you some, some, some support questions or follow-up questions so you can think this through, but three big questions uh, for you to consider. One, w- what's your biggest takeaway in all of this? What, what's the one thing that stands out for you? What, what, what is this really saying to you about, about teaching you about who God is, and what he's like, about who you are, and, and, and what God wants you to do with that? That's the first question. What's your biggest thing? Here's the second question. What does the mustard seed spread of the gospel look like from you? What, what, is, what, is, what is that outworking of the gospel? What is that kingdom work in the world that God has for you? And what is that, what is that looking like for you? I got other supportive questions that'll be up for you to consider along the way. And here's the third question. What does the yeast of the gospel look like in your life today? How is the yeast of the gospel transforming and changing you? I'm going to just close us in prayer um, and, and then give you guys some time and some space just to work that out. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for this time. Jesus, thank you for teaching us about the kingdom. Uh, Lord, I pray that, that in our times together now, God, that you would minister to us by your spirit. Lord, that you would use each one of us to be an encouragement, a support, a blessing, uh, a minister to one another. God, that that you would speak your truth to our hearts. God, that you would transform and change us uh, according to your word and and by your spirit working and moving in each and every one of us. Uh, So God, I, I I pray, Lord, for that kingdom work to happen in us and through us. Uh, Lord, thank you for being faithful always. God, we bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.